Good morning and welcome to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Block Talk Radio. I'm Meghna Giridhar, your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. October 11th was National Depression Screening Day. And today we will talk about understanding the condition and tips for caregivers to provide the right kind of assistance to their loved ones. Our guest today is Stephen Skozen, a writer, entrepreneur, and global nomad who's written extensively about depression and has published a well-loved best-selling book, The No Bullshit Guide to Depression. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. And I want to tell our listeners that he's joining us all the way from Tokyo. So we are so, so very grateful to have this opportunity to talk to you today. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Magna. Uh, I want to kind of begin the show by figuring out from your perspective what you feel Mm. is the biggest misconception about depression because there's so much literature out there and, you know, the basics Mm. are always quite clear. But then there's there's also confusion about the language. And then when someone is diagnosed with the condition, it, it just throws people off because a lot of times people are not aware that someone that they love so much was going through that. What do you, based on your experience, what do you think is the biggest misconception? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I guess I'd, I'd sort of pick, I'll pick three for you. How about that? Um, the biggest one I think is just that it is the same as feeling sad. This is what we hear over and over, like, oh, someone's depressed and we should go cheer them up. Um, and it's not really what's happening. Depression and, and what we would call clinical depression, the stuff that your doctor's going to say, oh, yeah, that looks like depression. It's more really to experience like a weird flu where a couple of things happen. One, you're really low on energy. Two, you sometimes get really weird thoughts in your head that aren't you that you have to learn how to identify. And three, it can come with sort of numbness or sadness or actually all sorts of kinds of feelings. And sort of like the flu, it it just happens at random times and randomly among the population. Which actually sort of is the leading to the, the second misconception, which is that it's a rare thing. So depression is interesting in that mental health generally has such a stigma. It's it's not talked about. People don't talk about it that much. Depression is exceedingly common. So one out of every five people will have what qualifies as major episodic depression at some point in their lifetime. One out of five who definitely knows somebody. One out of 20 people will deal with those sorts of things on a regular basis or an on, ongoing basis throughout their life. You definitely know somebody else who's, de- who's dealing with that as well. It's a really common thing that is sort of a normal part of a lot of people's experience of the world, and it's not really presented and talked about in that way. The third one, we're just gonna we're gonna jump right into this. So for me, the third biggest misconception about depression and supporting someone with depression is that there is always this giant elephant in the room of suicide. So sometimes, yes, there are some of us who experience depression and get thoughts about suicide. I'm one of those people. There's like a terrible lottery for this that you don't ever want to win. But not everybody does. And even the people like me who experience this, we don't get that all the time. I have lots of days of depression where there are no crazy thoughts. I'm just kind of low in energy and things kind of suck. Um, But even when we do get them, they're just thoughts. 
So this misconception leads to people kind of walking on eggshells around somebody who's dealing with depression because like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing and I don't want to make things worse. And it just leads like, imagine this for a minute, right? Imagine that like you're experiencing for whatever reason, these horrible thoughts about death, right? Mm-hmm. Which of these two things would you find more helpful? If your partner or a close friend was like being really timid around you and looking really worried and saying things like, you just tell me if you're thinking about acting on any of these things, okay? Or mm-hmm. option B, your close friend or partner says, oh, Migna, that sucks so much. The depression is giving you these horrible thoughts, and no energy, and you have to put up with all that stuff on top of all the other stuff you're already doing. That is just such bull. Like, what's the most annoying thought you've had to put up with today? At, at that second one. I mean, I... Right, right, right. I, I, I understand that because I feel like for me, I, I don't know how different people deal with it, but when 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 hmm. it happened to you, what what I what did you experience when you kind of did you talk about it with your loved ones? Did you kind of process it within yourself for a while and then kind of you know, ask for support? When it when it came to you, what was the thing what was the magic no I would not say the magic cure but what helped you hmm. good question um everybody's experience is different but one of the things that is just an awful sort of statistic um and it's actually what motivated me to write the book in the first place is that on average from the first incident of major depression to getting medical treatment 10 years passed so oh, wow. for most people who experience depression, it happens, and then probably it happens again, and maybe it happens a third time, and they have these big peer bouts of this, like, awful stuff happening in their life. And after about a decade of this, on average, people go, you know, I think maybe something is weird. And then they go talk to somebody, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's depression. So my experience was just like that. I think the first time what I would qualify as a major depressive episode, I was eight. Finally got proper, like, self-directed, got to a a therapist. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Here's some tools for you. I was 32. Mm -hmm. There was just this thing. Like, that's the weird thing about it. And then the reason I think partly for that gap is, one, the stigma but two, it happens inside your head, right? So you have these thoughts and you have these feelings and you feel this way. And if you don't have any reference point, you just sort of think that everything sucks and is awful. And then it goes away mm-hmm. or you just have these weird thoughts or you just like are really low on energy and you're like, did I eat something weird? Like there's not, there's not a necessary obvious trigger. And I think that, every, again, everybody's experience is different. Some people have um, never experienced anything like depression, and it comes in the, the wake of a loss. Um, for other people, it can come with changes in health or all kinds of different things. There's, there's all sorts of different experiences of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when, you know, you, you as a person going through this condition and then your loved one finding out that, oh, you know, Stephen's going through this because I, maybe you found it 
comforting to just kind of come out and talk to a loved one. A yeah. lot of time, like you said, you know, people tend to either get frightened or they're just so scared about saying and doing the wrong thing. When someone is yeah. just, just, you know, you've got the diagnosis, you know you have depression, what do you think hmm. as a caregiver would be most helpful for the person who's just been told that this is, this is what's been hap- happening to you and you have to take care of yourself? Hmm. As a partner, what, what is the most hmm. helpful thing that you would suggest? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I mean, I think step one is don't freak out, right? So <laughs> the diagnosis might be might be new, but like we talked about, like for the perspective of the person you're caring for, generally, not always, but generally, this is something they've been dealing with for a while. Um, having the conversation can be a really big event. And I, I find it interesting to use the, the sort of language coming out. It feels a little bit like I haven't come out myself, but like, there's a feeling of like, oh, my God, I don't want to tell you this because you'll hate me forever and go away, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a big emotional thing, so recognizing that. Um, the important thing to know about living with depression is that it, what it means for the person experiencing it is getting better at managing it. So we, we talk about this with all sorts of chronic conditions. You can sort of like, oh, okay, well, I've got this chronic condition. I've just got to learn how to manage that. Diabetes, like we, we know what to do, right? And the person mm-hmm. who's got it, that's mm-hmm. sort of on them to manage it and get through it. Similar kind of thing. So for the person who is experiencing depression, they're going to go through that same sort of learning process. But all the work's happening inside their head and it's invisible. And so, you know, for me, like, I have to learn how to differentiate, like, okay, I'm feeling that thought. Hmm. Yeah, that's not the sort of thought I normally have. I that that's that's another round of depression coming. Sort of those sorts of things. And the person you're supporting is going to go on that journey. The best thing you can do is to just be the partner who under under the caregiver that you've always been. Just listen and empathize and understand and use all of the tools that you have to understand what they're experiencing. It's really important to know you can't fix it. There's not mm-hmm. a thing that, that, and this is what sucks so much. I think that in a lot of ways, supporting somebody who has depression is, I don't know want to say it's harder, but it's more frustrating in some ways because there's this thing happening. You can't see what it is. This person's clearly affected by it. You care. You want to do stuff. There's not really anything you can do, but you can show up. Um, one small thing you can do is really around framing so let's say, you know, we talked earlier about the flu or diabetes. Like, there's not a stigma around this stuff. Like, no one says, oh, can't believe you got the flu. Oh, your, your flu, your crazy flu, you know. The flu is external. It's something that happens to me. Right? Depression, framing depression in that same way can be really helpful. So saying it sucks that. The depression is showing up. I, I use, and I do this in the book, and I apologize to every aunt named D or anything that is, is rounded down to D. Uh, I, I, I call my depression Aunt D. And so I can say to my, mm-hmm. my partner, uh, yeah, Aunt D is around. And then we can both complain about Aunt D. We're not complaining <laughs> about me. We're not saying, oh, Stephen, it sucks that you don't have very much energy these days. You're like, oh, it sucks that Aunt D is hanging out on the couch all the time. I really wish she would leave. And I'm like, I wish she would leave too. 
now we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. So anything you can do to externalize that so that you can be on the same team as the person you're supporting against this annoying thing, depression, that super helps. Interesting. Did, was there, were there any other factors that helped you? I know it's personal to everyone that goes mm. through it. Did you feel um, exercising or changing your diet or any other things which we typically don't know of that could have possibly helped mm. you? I'm not saying it would help someone else who's listening, who's going through the same thing, but I'm just interested in finding out if there are other things that are yeah. not very well known that could possibly help. There are a huge list of things. I'm, I'm not actually pitching my book, but that's part of what I wrote it for. Um, mm-hmm. Exercise can help. Diet can help. Changing your lighting can help. There's a bunch of research-validated therapeutic approaches that, that help. Things like talking to yourself can help. Talking to a rubber ducky can help. Like going for a walk mm-hmm. can help. There's, there's just a huge suite of tools. And so what you learn to do as somebody who experiences depression is figure out what works for you. Like one of the things that I do is I order a pizza because I know I'm going to be low on energy. I love to cook depressions mm-hmm. here. I'm just not going to have it. And I'm only going to, I'm going to have maybe 10% of the energy I would normally have in a day on a severe day. Mm-hmm. You know what? I want to spend that 10% on stuff I really care about. That's really aligned with my values. Cooking is fun. Right. I can order a pizza. So finding the, the ways that you can, just the different tools. I like, I like to think of it that way is there's a sort of a toolbox of things and certain people like certain tools better, certain tools work better in certain hands. So yeah, there's a huge variety of, of things out there. The internet's pretty, pretty okay. I wouldn't say great at this, but searching around, you can definitely see some stuff. Um, also therapists tend to have, especially I would recommend ACT or CBT therapists. They got a lot of good mm-hmm. tools. A lot of good things in the toolbox. Um, I've had a lot of the the best progress I've made is is going and talking to those folks when I'm not experiencing depression and just like, can you just open up the toolbox and show me everything that's in there so that I can rummage around and find stuff that works for me? That kind of approach can be helpful too. Excellent. Um, I would um, love to direct our listeners today to your wonderful book. I'm, re- I'm going to repeat the title. It's The No Bullshit Guide to Depression. And that's where you can get the wealth of information that Stephen has shared about dealing with the condition and tips for caregivers. The website is inkandfeet.com, I-N-K and feet, S-E-E-T.com. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in today. To learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, visit our website, eCareDiary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal care diary tool. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. My Twitter address is eCare underscore diary. Stephen, thank you so, so very much. This has been eye-opening for me and I'm sure for many listeners who've tuned in today. We will be sharing the links to your show shortly by the end of day. Um, and extra gratitude for doing this all the way from Tokyo. I know it's the, almost the middle of the night. Thank you so much. Good night to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Meghna. Have a great day.